regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular features a show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that is exactly the same every single week. And like every week, my name is Gav Murphy, and like every week, his name is John O'Blythe, and his name over there is Steve Hogarty. You just heard me hissing at the first first letter of my name. Snake. (laughs) Like a snake. (laughs) You introduced us both and left us not knowing who to speak first. Poor introducing, Gav. I think it's good because well, it puts you on edge. Well, I guess we set the tone for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> edge. Well, what are we? What do we got this week, fellas? John, I'll tell you what I've got. I've got the creepiest story you ever did hear, fresh from the halls, corridors, and porchways of Blythe Manor. Ooh, that's my surname. Thing. Like A porch? Yes, there's loads of porchways, or just recessed doors with shelters. That's mm, what I'm thinking. Alcoves. Uh, my feature, I've been looking up. You know what? People say that treasure is kept in vaults and safes and fort noxes. But I've been looking up at the sky and I've discovered treasure is to be found in space. So I've reached out to an astronomer friend of mine. He's going to give you some tips and tricks on how to find treasure in space. Ooh. Ooh. A new character enters the pantheon. Excellent. <laughs> Get ready, wiki editors. And this bad boy. Fingers at the ready. <laughs> Us fucking hate everything. <laughs> Just one more feature. Give it to me. Delicious ice cream. God, I'm sorry, you're recording. From Italy. Regular features. And now it's time for my regular feature. That's a spooky voice because my feature is another one of my features which has been inspired by a Twitter tweet from a Twitter follower who uh, basically saved me the, the agonising process of having to come up with an idea. But before I get on to the haunting of Blythe Manor, um, Gav, <laughs> yet. Yeah, I saw you do a tweet where you posted a picture of a spooky house. Did you actually go to a Blythe Manor? Yeah, I don't think Blythe Manor actually exists. Um, what's the What's the program about then? Who's <laughs> <was> on trial? <laughs> <there>. <laughs> um, I I think it's made up. It's made up. You were telling me ghosts don't exist next. What a fucking farce. (laughs) No, we will. Clara and I both really enjoyed The Haunting of Hill House, which is the first series of that thing. So we thought, ooh, for the second series, should we go check into a really creepy old manor and watch the entire thing, like in a weekend? Um, So we thought we'd go do that. But yeah, I I wanted wanted to get more spooked than I did. Um, I know that. I honestly thought it was something you were doing for RKG rather than just a romantic weekend. I'm just doing it for fun, but it, it was fine, and because t- it, it was a fucking, it's a really old manor, um, but it was fine until Coco just started acting really fucking weird and, <laughs> like, and hovering, yeah, <laughs> and speaking, uh, growing back her fourth leg, yeah. <laughs> and then eating it in front of me. Um, this- but it was weird. Like I took her for a, um, a late night poop, and she just stopped <laughs> in in the middle of the um, hallway and just started barking at nothing, but as if she could see something. 
um it i did not like it at all and then i had to take her for a walk so i basically walked about a meter away from where i could see another human just in case a ghost came and got me um (laughs) but it was awful because like she barks at humans quite a lot um when they surprise her but she was looking at i've seen her look at people and that was the look of looking at a person. It, it was horrible. I did right. not enjoy it one bit. Um, <laughs> and then when we came back in from that particular walk, she just ran up some stairs and st- just stood, well, sat on some stairs directly in front of an old uh, sewing, big, massive sewing wheel thing and refused to come down. And she just stared at me. It was horrible. Um, just, well, she'd found the only safe place in the house and she was leaving yeah. you to perish. Mm. Um, but I thought maybe I would have more like ghostly going ons, but the only thing that happened was I woke up and I thought I saw a boy praying, um, but a boy ghost praying, but I woke, when I went back to sleep in the morning, I realized it was just quite an irresponsibly placed towel by myself (laughs) (laughs) so it was just kind of like a towel coming across down off a chair but looked like a boy praying um but even in the morning it still looked like a boy praying but clara was having none of it to be fair because clara (laughs) drawn a pair of eyes on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah massive googly eyes clara was just like I was like, oh no, I really think there was a bit where I was having breakfast and I'd forgotten that I'd already debunked it as as a towel. And, um, <laughs> debunked. <laughs> so when we were having breakfast, I was like, um, oh, but it's weird, isn't it? Like, what about that boy, uh, <laughs> that praying boy last night? And Carl just looked at me and was like, you already told me it was a towel. And I was like, oh yeah, I already worked it out, didn't I? But I, like, I I'd forgotten about it, then scared myself again, going, oh, I don't know if I want to go in that room if that boy's going to be there again. She was like, you know it's a towel. So why are you getting weirdly scared by it again? You're, you're worse than my mum who walks out of the room and then walks back in again and just goes, Woo! when she sees you. Lost object permanence. <laughs> it's like when she walks out, it's like a hard reset of the room. Yeah. So she's coming back in, she thinks, not going to be there. <laughs> um, that's, she spent too long living in the cube, you see. But yeah, what what was the tweet that someone did about uh, Blythe Manor? Was it literally? Oh, you just, should do Blythe Manor because it sounds like your name. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Readers are working on a different level. I love it. It's like <laughs> features for days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big into that. It was a, it was quite funny when we were walking around when we were just hanging out in this manor and. Uh, it was, we talked to this one lady who brought us a cup of tea and she was like, oh, what are you guys doing here? Is there any special occasion? We said, no, no, no. We just wanted to check in for a laugh um, to um, explain. death is funny? <laughs> yeah. But, but it was really funny because I just went, oh, we wanted to uh, check into a creepy old manor to watch this uh, scary show. And she just went, well, it's not haunted here. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. okay. I didn't but kill them. The, the, the way that you said that suggests that it's haunted as <laughs> Definitely fuck. Definitely haunted. <laughs> she was massively insulted. You called her old manor creepy and haunted. So like, I just had it done up. I thought it was yeah. really nice, actually. <laughs> did you say, are you a ghost whilst touching her face? <laughs> to, to be fair, I did say to Clara, mm, I've never seen her off the grounds. So for all we know, ghost city up in there. That's what, <laughs> um, I didn't say that to her though because I didn't want to offend her I'd already called her house a fucking shit bucket so I didn't want to think, offend her even more by going 
you are the undead, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So so, uh, just from the tweet, so what did the tweet literally say? Hello, Log, you should do Blythe Manor. Yeah, he didn't give me any direction, which which probably accounts for why I've got this wandering mess of a feature. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say, "Well, I did all the heavy lifting, so <laughs> yeah, can't say that. that this man did it." I don't think. I don't think when he posted those two hundred and eighty characters or less, he expected this fifteen hundred word bullshit parade to come out of it. <laughs> He's not even a patron. Like that's the thing. I, like, sorry, the, the, I don't pa- know, the I, patrons are going to be like, "Oh, we're just getting B names. I can just tweet him, and he'll do an entire feature about me." So here we are then at last. So I will start the feature now. Have you got your script ready? I feel like I'm pretty laggy, so I reckon I'm just going to drop out of the Zoom chat and just be pure audio. How about that? Nice. I'm not looking at you. We're looking at scripts, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. Right. I'll just wait for the siren to go by, unless it is relevant to the story. As as Steve dropped out a video, a siren came. was like, getting arrested. (laughs) He's going to pick him up. (laughs) It's pretty laggy in jail. (laughs) An old man is sitting in his drawing room, penning a letter to the editor of The Telegraph. Marcus Rashford should stick to kicking footballs around and keep his nose out of the rarefied arena of politics. If he cares so much about starving children, maybe he should consider marrying one. Suddenly an owl flies in through the window and starts pecking his fucking eyes out and vomiting mouse skeletons into his hair. The man is clearly appalled. This owl is attacking him and not hungry children. The absolute nerve. He opens Twitter and starts to type. Getting pecked to death by an owl. So much for the tolerant stringy forms. But before he can type send tweet, then press the send tweet button, a woodpecker lands on his phone and shatters the screen by pecking at it as if as though it were wood. As the owl tears off squares of the old man's scalp, a starling flies into his empty eye socket and squirts poisonous starling shit directly onto his brain. He is dead. This is a good thing. Letting go of life is the best thing this person has ever done, and anyone who shares his beliefs would do well to follow his lead. 27 years later, you are sitting in your living room, eating a disappointingly biscuity biscuit from the Tesco Extremely Chocolatey Biscuit Box. Without warning, a pelican lands on your windowsill, opening and shutting its mouth like a sanitary bin gone wild. You look at your biscuit, then to the pelican. The pelican gestures towards its gular pouch with its eyes and clacks its beak. Do you want an extremely chocolatey biscuit? You ask the bird. But can birds eat chocolate? You've got a busy day ahead of you. You haven't got the time to drive to the vet with a pelican suffering from chocolate-induced anaphylactic shock strapped to your roof rack. The pelican looks frustrated and starts oinking, sloshing the brine in its pouch around urgently. Oh, you think, rolling your eyes at your own stupidity. It's the post-pelican. You pop your head in his pouch and rummage among the Amazon parcels until you find your disappointingly slim delivery. You pull it out and read it to the camera. You and one friend are invited to spend a spooky... Got a bit Dracula there. (laughs) (laughs) Said posh, but... (laughs) You and one friend are invited to spend a spooky weekend getting haunted until you shit through your grandies at the ghost-packed Blythe Manor. This ominous epistle is signed with an inky crow's foot. 
Cut to a drone view of a car driving through a forest. Cut to Steve knocking on the door of a spooky manor, which creaks open in a way that's so spooky you just piss and scream and fart. An emu answers the door. I'm here for my spooky weekend, you say. The emu preens its arse feathers for a second, then steps to one side. Some mist appears, which wiggles around for a bit and then forms the word, The Haunting of Blythe Manor. A swan pokes its head through the O in the word manor, and off-screen there is honking. (laughs) So, basically, you're in the Cluedo house, and I'm going from memory here, but that means you you can go into either the billiard room, the library, or another room. And without any pretense at making this a choose-your-own-adventure, you enter the billiard room, to the chilling sound of ruffling. The elegant wood-panelled walls here are filled with portents of doom, and the chandelier is covered in dry white shit. You get the strong feeling that if beaks could shush, you would definitely be hearing a beak shush right now. You move over to the billiards table. To your horror, you see that it too is covered in burgit and the balls are all eggs. Too late, you notice two identical wrens balanced on either side of the billiard skittle. One of them does a little bird shit, and the skittle starts to topple in the other direction. The other bird urgently shits back, and balance is restored. Hmm. Do you reckon these birds represent the balance of chaos and order, of life and death? Steve asks Gav, the friend what he bought with him, a late change in style that has forced me to change the writing style from second person to third person from this point onwards. I don't know. This place doesn't feel very haunted to me. Aren't ghosts supposed to be dead humans, not alive birds? Steve shudders as a guttural honking sound comes from outside. Gav, you're upsetting the ghosts. As if to emphasise Steve's point, his point about upsetting the ghosts, a large human enters the room, wrapped in chilling garb that conceals his misshapen body and face. What if he has no face? Who is this person running into all the walls, banging into the billiard table and making inhuman sounds of dismay? It's the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. Your knees are knocking together as the void consumes you. What else will this night of horrors hold in store for you? You will surely regret the night that you came to be haunted in Blythe Manor. Jinkies! A ghost! Gav jumps into Steve's arms. Yoinks! The ghost's coat snags on a billiard cue in the rack, tearing it off and revealing a nonplussed ostrich who sticks his head in one of the pockets on the billiards table. I knew it was another bird all along, Gav says. Steve looks understanding, even though he is still carrying Gav's hot, trembling body in his strong arms. Gav leans in. They kiss for twenty seconds, their tongues darting around each other's mouths like a couple of sewing machines. Suddenly, and chillingly, A crow walks in, caws, and walks out. I think that crow is homophobic, said Steve. Let's get him, said Gav, pocketing a couple of eggs and running into the other room I can remember from Cluedo off the top of my head, the library. (laughs) Our intrepid team of spooksters walk into the library. This is the most haunted room in any house because books are either filled with history, which is dead people, or fiction, which is people who are so dead they never even existed. There is a reason that the first ghost you see in Ghostbusters is reading a book. She was reading a book about how she died, and the reason she suddenly got angry at Bill Murray was because the writer said her last words were, make sure you get the dog food out of my fanny before the ambulance gets here. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Books. So many books. 
I'm a writer, not a reader. Fuck this. And crows. Books and crows. Sure as shit. Crows lined the bookshelves. Every conceivable surface in the library is covered with crows, ravens, rooks and jackdaws and blackbirds. The rest. All right, which one of you crows caught me and Gav Puffs? <laughs> the crows shuffle around, cawing quietly, in a way that could be construed as discomfort. It could also be construed, if you were into personifying animals, as them being uncomfortable with homophobia and aware that their silence amounted to complicity, but that peer pressure was preventing them from grassing up the asshole homophobic crow. <sighs> There's only one thing for it, Steve. Let's do it, Gav. Gav and Steve start kissing again. Steve's hands press gently against Gav's firm pectorals, which twitch involuntarily as Gav gasps in delight. Gav's hands lower to Steve's buttocks and squeeze them, rubbing Steve's instantly erect dick against his pelvis. (laughs) Steve takes off his shirt and Gav buries his face in the exposed armpit, pressing in hard and breathing in the musk. Steve drops to the floor. Gav drops his trousers and pops one of the eggs from the billiards room between his buttocks, clenching hard and squirting out a mess of albumen into Steve's (laughs) wide-open mouth. One of the crow caws in a way that could be construed as disgust. There he is, the fucking bigot, vomiting at two men in love. Let's get him, again. The crow flies into the final room, the room in the middle of the Klubo board. Klubo board. What a game of Klubo. Have I got any clubs? Sober Merba. Klubo. Oh, blah, blah, blue. So so you run to the middle of the room with the clue ball board with the murderers and all the things in it. You've nearly solved the mystery of Blythe Manor. Yes. A translucent human figure is writing ghostly letters to the telegraph in the middle room of the clue ball board. He looks like he's been here for about 27 years and fueled only by a morbid desire to have his letter published in the newspaper of note, I suppose. Didn't finish that line. <laughs> Why on earth are these ivory tower academics being paid taxpayers' money to indulge in fanciful modern inventions such as critical race theory? There's only one criticism I have about race, and that's too many, <laughs> that's that there's too many of them. Oh, I get it. He's just some obnoxious dickhead that got pecked to death by birds. Do you think they're social justice birds? The homophobic crow vomits again in a way that could be construed as saying, pair of woofters. No, no, these birds are assholes too. I just reckon they pecked him to death, then shits all over his house for 30 years because he didn't feed them properly. Gavin and Steve wait for Log to make a reference to the recent Tory vote not to provide free school meals to impoverished children, but Log feels like it would be a bit too on the beak, so remains silent. I see. It all makes sense now. The ghost sees our heroes and points at a letter on the table in a stamped envelope to the telegraph. I reckon if we post this letter, it might just release his soul. Nah, fuck him. Scum. 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 Features. The regular features. These are the episodes of the Regular Features podcast. Their continuing mission 
to find a feature worth repeating, to seek out new features and regular features, to boldly feature where no feature had featured before, regular featured before. Regular features! 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 And now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve's Treasure Astronomy with Edmund Hankering. And now throw to my good friend Edmund Hankering. Hello, and welcome to Astronomy Corner with me, Edmund Hankering, Britain's foremost expert on exoplanets and space treasure. Last night I was looking through my telescope and saw a planet made up entirely of ghosts, ghost planet, and when I zoomed in I saw a little wooden sign outside of a ghost's house and the sign said, look inside your pocket, Edmund, and when I looked inside my pocket there was a priceless ghost ruby. Yes, 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 I am frequently showered in rare space trinkets by the friendly inhabitants of space. It happens to me every time I look through my space telescope and see a generous space society who lives many, many light years away. Another time this happened was when I looked through my telescope and saw a tiny moon with a fat little king sitting on top of it, and he mouthed the words, Edmund, look inside the cupboard under the sink. And I did, and what I found was a two-inch tall jewel-encrusted crown that had come all the way from space. I put it inside my growing collection of prizes awarded to me from my faraway friends. People often ask me, Edmund, I too like to look through the inside of a telescope with my right eye. But tell me, Edmund, what do you do with your spare second left eye? Yes, this is a real pickle for amateur treasure astronomers, who will often naively point their second eye directly at the dirty brown ground, where there is barely any treasure to be found, or even worse, close their spare eye completely and become oblivious to any wooden chests full of stolen doubloons that could be sitting right there in front of them, and they wouldn't even know unless they could smell coins, and I know for a fact that you can't smell coins. <laughs> well, here is what I tell these people. What I say to these people is to use your other eye to look through a second telescope so that you can see twice as many planets all at once and receive 200% treasure rewards as you swivel both telescopes around the sky independently like a greedy chameleon in search of flies. I did this only last week. Let me tell you what I saw. In my left eye, I saw a speeding asteroid littered with empty bird cages, And in my right eye, I spied a gas giant populated by loose blackbirds. And when I opened both <laughs> eyes at once, every bird overlapped with every cage like a magic eye picture. And then the birds began to sing the most beautiful song I have ever heard in my entire life. And I wrote it down and I sent it to Top of the Pops and it won. And that song was called <laughs> Bang Bang My Baby Shot Me Down by Nancy Sinatra. And I got absolutely loads of royalties when Kill Bill came out. So that was the treasure that time. You see, it's not always physical. Sometimes it's notional. Like that time I waved back at a lady I saw on a comet and I got a deed to a Bolivian lithium mine. Well, that's all from me, Edmund Havering. Was that my name? Edmund Hankering. Happy hunting and remember, always be looking up for treasure that you might find coming down from space. Goodbye. <laughs> I love that we both did ghosts and birds this week. <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> ghosts and birds. Thank you, Edmund Hankering. That's that a, a new regular character that I've got. <laughs> His name's yeah, Edmund yeah. Hankering. Fast and talking he, uh, Edmund Hankering. <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult to uh, not. I had to take my uh, my clear invisalign braces out for that one. 
no chance of getting through it without those i love that a character so good i had to take my braces off (laughs) you fucking dweeb (laughs) i was made for regular features you were made for well that's it for this week's episode of the regular features podcast if you like the podcast you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by flipping us only a bloody queen's pound we're now a pound podcast we've currency converted to good old british hard coins i wouldn't have it any other way all other money is made up if it hasn't got the queen on it it can fuck off do you know sadly where all the money is made in wales and i'm gutted that we put the queen on it and someone hasn't put a giant fucking dildo coming out of her mouth on all all the pound coin like every day that is i pick up a coin that doesn't i got a coin in my pocket look every day that i look at a coin that doesn't have a dildo coming out of the queen's mouth i can imagine the government saying more and more upset with my own country is that dildo coming out of the queen's mouth no it's a it's a tongue she's sticking her tongue out she's being cheeky like einstein oh no it's a dildo going into the queen's mouth there's a no that's entirely different situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah dildo going in that feels obscene but coming out was like she shouldn't have had it in the first place like <laughs> a, dildo, a dildo going into her mouth denotes some kind of uh sort of shenanigans is happening but yeah. if it's coming out it's her choice so she just had some kind of dildo face hugger on her two weeks ago it's <laughs> good time to burst out hey mm. i'd like to shout out a couple of new patrons who've joined the patreon Ooh. party it's a little bit of a special one this week because what i'd like you to do is give them b names <laughs> B names. How novel. We have a jewel pledge from brothers Alex and John Bacon. They would like sibling B names together. What was what was his name? Alex Bacon and John Bacon. I ask that as if it's gonna make a blind bit of difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I be Aiken for your honey. Oh. Be yeah. But that's one Wait. of them. There's two of the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> So, wait, hang on. You can have honey on bacon. <laughs> there you go. I'd be aching for your honey-roasted bacon. That's one bacon at either end. And a lot of words in between. This <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, is the lady in the tramp of bee names. The siblings can start at each end and meet in the middle. Don't kiss your brother. Suck it and, s- and kiss your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a, a single bee name for a single man. Joe Barris. He may be in a committed relationship, but he is an individual, at least. Well, I mean, it's got a B in it, so Joe Biarras. I was thinking more like, oh, there's pollen on my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I like that one. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do. (laughs) Joe, there's pollen on my legs. (laughs) Great. Well, if you'd like your own B name, you know what to do. They'll be queuing up for B names after that. <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> I like it because you never know how it's going to go. And I always, I start every B bit yeah. with uh, a renewed optimism. That, I know. I, I that know how it's going to go. Every week I know exactly how it's going to ins- go. Inspiration is going to strike <laughs> and we'll have another thorax um, or, <laughs> or, or, or something. But it's not happened yet. <laughs> 
But you know, I, re- I read a thing the other day that people are like, look, it's lockdown. Don't be sad if you're not, if you can't come up with anything. And I was like, I almost tweet them going, does this apply to B names? And, but <laughs> yeah. I was afraid that they would tweet me back going, no, you should be able to come with a fucking B name by now, you absolute moron. <laughs> At least I don't the care. One B name. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if we are in a global pandemic. You've been Stop dining out on tweeting. Thorax for the last three months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been eating out to help out Thorax. (laughs) Well, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Be names or no. But there will be names. There will be names. But there definitely will be. (laughs) Regular Ficheros.